Welcome to the podcast that will teach you the importance of being earnest. Wow. This podcast is so deep, like an iceberg, you'll have to listen to it more than once to get it. Um, but, Twitter um, vote was just their favorite intro right there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not we're not taking a vote. That was that was right off right off the dome, I think, for both of us. Um anyways, welcome to not just any book club. I guess we're jumping right in. We keep doing this where we yeah, just do I, the I don't think I thought that was just our default intro now. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. But uh yeah. So welcome. Uh this month, if you caught our uh, episode of Bookends last week. Or read the title. We, or read the title. We're reading Ernest Hemingway. Uh, and this week is actually his novellas and novels, whereas last week we read short stories. Um, so, yeah, uh, all three of us have read Old Man in the Sea and A Farewell to Arms. Those are the only books I read for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I actually read Old Man in the Sea this month. Justin actually read A Farewell to Arms this month. Not uh, for this month. Yeah. Uh, and then we both read the other book separately. And then Luke read something else. What was it? Something in the Islands Sea? Islands in the Stream. Islands in the Stream. Um, so, yeah. Uh, we've read other... Uh, some of us have read other Hemingway. Like, I've read uh, For Whom the Belt Holds and stuff. But we won't talk about that. It's been a while since I read that book. Hmm. Um, <laughs> I've read The Old Man in the Sea twice, so yes. I'm more qualified to t- talk about it than anybody that's, else here. I don't think that's true that's at all. Twice. It's a very I've short read book. Got him. We got him. I was specifically saving reading Old Man in the Sea for the first time for this episode he, because I, I knew it was coming because of how much you told me you like didn't like it. I was very lukewarm towards it, as I am with most Hemingway works. Um, I guessing that we are starting off with the Old Man in the Sea. I think that's a bad idea, and I oh. think we should start off with the thing that Luke read because <laughs> that way we can. That way we can. Well, I, I just not because like oh it's single Luke out, but just because like that way we can get into the more conversational stuff later instead okay. of just like having a conversation and then stopping completely to listen to Luke talk okay. about this book. Yeah. Hopefully Luke can convince me to read this book and read more Hemingway. So take it away, Luke. Alright, so uh I read Old Man not Old Man. I read <laughs> Islands in the Stream. Sorry, they get confused because Islands in the Stream does have its like little old man in the sea moment. Mm. But uh in the title <laughs> It's uh, it's it's what I think his last completed books, right? They like found it after he died, and it was mostly or completely done. Taco and moment. I think, yeah, and I think <laughs> I read somewhere that it was like his retirement plan book. Like, if he ever ran out of money in his old age, he was going to publish this book. And okay. then he died, and then he killed himself, and then he never published it. But then, like, I don't know, his wife found it or something, and was like published it anyway. I, I would guess that that's not 100% true because um, from I did some research on Hemingway for my class project in what feels like a million years ago now. High school, man. Um, and he, uh, he killed himself shortly after he had... Oh, God, I forget what it was. It was some kind of thing that, like, his hands hurt and he couldn't write like he used to. Um, and so he killed himself shortly after that. Um, 
So what I would posit is that it's because he couldn't write anymore, or partly. He was obviously depressed for other reasons too. But, um, but so he, what I would imagine this book is is that he finished it and it he was he was probably going to rewrite it at some point because he's Hemingway's known for like revising his works a million times. Anyways, uh, get wrecked. Run that then. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea why I read that. I just read it somewhere. So I'm okay. just saying random stuff. No guarantee that was what happened at all. But it's definitely like either his last or I think it's his last actual book. Mm-hmm. Right. That they went and published. And uh, it's separated into three parts. It stars my boy, Thomas Hudson, who starts the book as like a middle-aged two, three times divorced dad of three living in Cuba, painting for a living. He's some, like, painter guy. Hmm. And uh, he's in Cuba. He lives with his buddies. Hmm. He doesn't live with his buddies, but all of his buddies are, like, a bunch of his buddies are on Cuba with him. An an old artist, an artist in his old age living in Cuba. I wonder who this could be. A stand-in for. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Self-insert fan fiction. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, that's kind of how the book starts. There's a bunch of his friends in Cuba, and then his sons are coming by for the summer. He's got three sons, I think. Two of them are from uh, different mothers, but they all kind of like grew up together and all kind of like friends. So they're coming by for like a couple weeks or something. And so it's, that's how the book starts. It's like, oh, the kids are coming in. He's not even elderly. He's like middle-aged, I think. I think he's like mm. 40 or like late 40s or something. And, and like he's kind of depressed a little bit his buddy's definitely depressed they're all drinking a lot they drink more than like james bond in the james bond movies Mm. they're pretty shaken oh you know what's funny actually i just looked it up because i was interested uh hemingway had four wives and he had kids with two of them yeah (laughs) <laughs> so this just keeps matching up with uh it, yeah it's kind of funny i went and did this <laughs> and so like that's kind of the um the first like part of the three the kids come by there's a crazy old man in the sea moment where they oh uh, one of the kids is hooks a uh, a big marlin oh yeah and it's, you know, and it's like old man in the sea. It's the biggest marlin you've ever seen or whatever. And it's nuts. And he's fighting it for like eight hours and he's like dying and the, his hands are bleeding. The, 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 like his parent, his dad's like freaking out, but he's like, he's got to catch that fish, man. He needs that fish. <laughs> it's imperative to his growth as a person that he catches this fish. <laughs> and it was, a, it was an awesome scene. I liked it almost as much as old man in the sea. Hmm. It's like a different perspective, right? Because the uh, old man in the sea was like an old dude doing his like final stand. I still got it kind of set up and he's doing it with like nada, right? He's doing it with like a fishing pole or something. Yeah. Like a tugboat. This guy's like on on his dad's yacht. He's got like a harness and he's got the, he's got the road and he's got like, he's got a team of people like helping him out. His dad's steering. His dad's buddy is like coaching him through it. His brother's grabbing him drinks so he doesn't get heat stroke and pass out. So it's like it's like a different dynamic, you know. Mm-hmm. I mm. thought it, I thought it was fun comparing the two. And I, I think that's interesting. I I I want to say something, but I think we'll get to it when we actually 
get to old man in the sea so i won't okay i'll just keep it in mind and you know there's some stuff going down um and then like each part is a time skip so it's not like oh this this happens and the next part and then like something else happens it's like this ha- this all kind of was like part one um at the end of part one his two youngest kids die so he's got one kid left right oh i forgot to say massive spoilers for this book <laughs> oh yeah and then they all die oh by the way spoilers <laughs> yeah sorry that's on me you might want to like do something in the edit for that Okay. But um <laughs> it's kinda like just how the story goes. His two kids die. Yep. Which is sad. And then we get a skip. Right. Now we're in World War Two in Cuba. And we got an even more depressed Tommy, Thomas Hudson. Why is he more depressed? Oh shit. His oldest kid just died in World War Two. Now he's very now cool. he's kidless. Yeah. Now he's very sad. Now he drinks more, and then he's like, works for the U.S. Um, he's like doing recon in the ocean. They turned his boat into like a patrol boat. Yeah. All right, and now it's kind of like depressed, cynical. Thomas Hudson is trying to figure out life, the mm-hmm. war. He's struggling. And then, you know, he just keeps thinking about his kids and he's sad. And then we take another bit of a skip. We're still in World War II. But uh, now, now my boy Thomas is hunting um, some Germans. Because uh, I think one of the submarines crashed. And there's like a group of Germans. And to cover their escape, they like killed an entire like village or something of people. Hmm. And so now he's like, and he kind of like moves on from thinking about his kids. Now he just wants to like kill some Nazis. <laughs> That's the perfect way to get over familial death. Going All right. Nazi so now it's like him spree. Like trying to hunt down these Nazis down in Cuba with his converted, <laughs> with his converted yacht. Does he hit them with a yacht or like? No, no, no. The the U boats crash. They're on the island. There's a shootout, and I'm pretty sure he dies at the end. Massive spoilers again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's interesting. Uh, The whole time you were talking, I was trying to figure out what the title meant. Like, I guess all the there's all these like connected events, and so like the connected events are the islands in the stream the little breaking up of the like i don't know like meaningful moments in the breaking up the like meaninglessness i don't know i haven't read it so i'm gonna stop trying to uh <laughs> trying to guess what what yeah. what the the what the the, uh, the point of the story is? What do you think, Luke? What was the point of the story? Don't ask me what the point of the Hemingway <laughs> story is. <laughs> you know me better than that. You know what the point you were. Well, we we kind of agree on what the point of Old Man in the Sea is from what what we said uh, on Discord. 
I don't remember what we said. Was it something okay. like "What is a man"? Well, I, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get to it. I'm sure. Do we okay. want to do we want to talk about "Old Man in the Sea" first, or uh... probably "Old Man in the Sea"? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, there's a bit of a segue there. Yeah. Sure. One, one thing though oh. that um, so mm. Pierce already pointed out a bunch of like the self-inserty stuff, right? Yeah. About him or whatever. There's a uh, there's a pretty famous picture of him and this uh, famous painter dude who caught um, a big, big marlin, like a huge one. And uh, it was half eaten by sharks while he pulled it up. Huh. Whoa, that's crazy. Whoa, that's almost like the story. Yeah. And then some of uh, some of his friends lost their youngest son to illness. Um in Cuba, and that affected him. And then he was also in World War II. He outfitted his own yacht with uh, gear to hunt down U-boats. So he did so, that. So, <laughs> so this character is a combination of him and this painter guy from Cuba who he met in real life. Yes. Basically. Okay. I assume mostly him, though. <laughs> That's interesting. Just some guy... Yeah. He's just based his most famous story of all time and the story that was released after he died are are based off of this like painter guy who he met. You know, he stayed the summer with him. Oh. Yeah, I think I think they were friends. They were buddies. Henry Mike Strader. Uh, That's okay. interesting. You know what's not interesting? Old man of the sea. No, I mean I found it interesting. Get out of here. I get found out, it. Get out. Get off of the podcast. <laughs> I thought Old Man and Sea was good. Um, and I read it. I, 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 why do I keep bragging about it? Like, hey, I read this book twice. Ah, yeah. I. But he, yeah. Listen. He, by the way, he read the book twice because I. Uh, I yeah, never believed him. No. I never believed you that the book was bad. And I was like, no, Hemingway is really good. And then I continued say, not reading this because I was saving it. But I'm like, Hemingway, like, I don't believe that his most famous work is bad considering what I've read of his other stuff. And then, uh, and then you read it a second time and you were like, oh, I appreciate it more. Um, yeah. And then, never and now I've read it and it's actually really good. And I'm here to tell you, tell all of you people out there, it's actually really good. Um, in case you were wondering. In case you were wondering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, I guess, plot summary. There's an old man named Santiago. Uh, he, he's he got this boy. What is he, like 12 or something? 13? Yeah. Um, who helps him fish. and But, like, he hasn't caught anything in a long time. And so the boy's parents made him go work for somebody else who actually catches fish. And so now this old man, every day he goes out on his own. He doesn't catch anything. He comes back in. And then one day he goes out and he hooks a big fish, big fish. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what ensues is that this fish pulls him out to sea and he spends several days trying to tire out this fish and slowly reel it in and, you know, eat a little bit, like nourish himself. He doesn't bring anything out with him except for like water. So he had to catch fish to eat. Mm. Um, I think, I think the boy gave him something and he ate that too. But anyways, uh, so he, he has to like persevere and, and it's a story of like perseverance over a great uh, obstacle. 
um, a great challenge. And then he completes this great challenge. He catches the marlin. It's huge. Uh, I think at the end of the book, what do they say, like 18 feet or something ridiculous? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he puts it on the side of the boat because he's like, I can't, if I try even try and lift this thing up out of the water, A, the boat will probably tip over, and B, even if I get it up, like the boat's just, it's it's going to weigh the boat down too much. And so he uh, he puts it on the side, and he starts heading back to Cuba. He's like several days out in the middle of the ocean at this point. Um, as he's getting back, uh, repeatedly, because he had to, you know, the fish is like bleeding into the water, sharks pick up the trail, and he beats them back, but slowly they pick away at this marlin to the point that by the time he gets back to Cuba, uh, the marlin is like nothing but a head and a tail, essentially. Like they took almost everything. Um, like the skeleton is still there, but I mean like the actual meat is just like the head and the tail. Um, and uh, so he, you know, he gets back and he's tired and beat down and bruised. And so he goes to sleep. Probably uh, dies. Maybe. No, I don't think so. I mean, he's very old, so he could have, but like he's, I don't, not at the end of the story. I, I mean, I thought, I thought it was open ended where they kind of implied that it's just maybe, maybe, almost. I don't think so. (laughs) Um, but, uh, the town is like very proud of him. The little, the, 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 I see, keep saying little boy. I think he's like a teenager. The boy like gets him some coffee and some breakfast and stuff. Uh, and, uh, everyone's like, Oh my God, he brought back this huge fish. It's a shame what happened. Uh, They're all proud of him. And he, uh, he sleeps and he dreams about lions. Um, and that's that, that's basically the whole story. I I could have summed it up even shorter if I wanted to and just went old man, catch big fish. But, more nuanced shark, than that, but sharks eat it. That's basically the whole story. Mm. <clears throat> so, Justin, why don't you like this book that much? Well, it's because I appreciate I, I putting you on the spot, yeah, putting you on the are. spot for like, for 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 not liking a Pulitzer Prize winning book. I, sorry. <laughs> okay, well, okay. It's like I I get why um he did this. It's because of um. Well, not, not why I read the book, but like why it's so uh, he, he's so fixated on the fish and mm-hmm. uh, on the process of fishing. It gets very, very exhausting to read because it just goes on for so long. And I'm like, come on, come on. Is anything else going to happen? I also don't. I'm not a very outdoorsy kind of guy. Um, I run a podcast. What do you think I am? Well, um, see, that's the thing. I was worried that I was going to I was going to like it because it's Hemingway, but I wasn't going to enjoy reading it because it's about fishing, and I hate fishing. I Luke, really do I not like fishing. I don't like fishing. Um, but I liked it. I liked the descriptions of, of him like getting ready to fish. I liked how he was thinking about, like, oh, I've got to do this and that, and I, you know, I have to, and I'm uh, the conditions of the water and all that. Um which it it was just kind of surprising to me because I don't like fishing at all in real life, but I really enjoyed it. 
Um, I just think it's it's kind of a credit to Hemingway's writing that he was able to make it sound interesting to someone who doesn't like fishing as much as I don't. Well, it, it failed with me, so... <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Um, I And it's just, I also like characters. And I, I Santiago's one trait is that he, well, one of his few traits is that he's very determined to mm-hmm. get this fish. And I mean, I don't remember the exact reason why I did it besides pride or like, I guess, dignity, something like that. Um, and he just really wants to get this fish. And I'm like, it's very simple. Um, and I, I'm guessing it's just the way it was written. I don't know. Man, I, I, and I get this book would be ruined if it was like a flashback. Like, all right, Santiago, the reason why he wants to get this fish is because he was traumatized by people laughing at him who didn't get a fish. And I, I know it's not that kind of book. He, well, he he also clearly doesn't care about any of that. Like, he yeah. doesn't care what people think about him. He does, to be honest. Um, well, I think I think you're kind of coming at this book the wrong way. Honestly, I am. I think or it's preferences. The way that I feel about it now after reading it is that i feel like it is um it's kind of like a masculine philosophy novel Mm. novella i would say it's clearly like a uh like a book about the even if it's not like it's directly more about stoicism and like the hero kind of thing um kind of a hero thing but it's clearly like a, a a major um you could compare it directly to traditional masculinity right um and so i think it's it's a novel which is kind of espousing this philosophy uh which is like a combination of stoicism and some other things of just like achieving mm. your goals no matter what yeah. um so I, I I don't know. I just I feel like you might have come at it the wrong way, <laughs> expecting I, a lot of things to happen in a story about yeah, a man who catches a fish. And then reading it again. <laughs> now there's no excuse. Um, I knew it was coming. I'm just like, I, I just not asking that this more because, again, Hemingway is I, I'm, I'm not deaf. Depth is the weird word, but like more more to it than fishing. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to describe it, but. Since you mentioned stoicism, Luke, I mean, Luke and I are both read. Uh, I've read Marcus Riley's um, stoicism or meditations, and Luke's in the process of slash finish slash didn't finish reading it. I read it. Oh, you read it? Yeah. I hated it. Oh, do you disagree <laughs> yeah, with the he philosophy? Gave, he gave it like two stars on Goodreads. Yeah, it's like, oh my god, dude, this guy was terrible. How is he not depressed? At least Hemingway was depressed when he thought like that a little bit, you know? <laughs> this guy did not seem depressed at all. He just, like, really was too into it with, like, religious zeal. I guess he was yeah. religious. That was the whole bit. But, uh. Well, well, so I feel like, and this is kind of the thing with, like, what's interesting about Hemingway's take on masculinity to me is that. It doesn't exactly fit in line with what us as modern people think of as traditional masculinity. Not because, like, stoicism is obviously a part of that definition. But um, this is what I was going to bring up in the, when you talked about how that other, his, like, that guy's kid had help catching the marlin. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hemingway uh, has Santiago wish that the boy was there to help him several times, which I feel like a lot of what traditional masculinity gets a bad rap for is the like do it yourself attitude, like pull yourself up and do it, do it on your own. Um, but Hemingway's brand of masculinity, he didn't seem to think that way. He seemed to think like, no, like get help if you need it or want it. You don't need to do it on your own. Um, doing it on your own is something that you should be proud of yourself for doing, like Santiago was. It's something that is, um, you should be, you should have pride if you, if you are able to do it and it is glorious if you're able to do it. However, wanting help is not a bad thing. Um, and I think that like that continued with islands in the stream that he, he like had that direct reference to it. It almost seems, and that kid had help and it doesn't from the way that you described it, it doesn't seem like it's any less important for him to like achieve this goal than it was for Santiago, even though he had help to do it. Yeah. That was like, there's a whole bit um, to give a bit more depth into like the whole dynamic of it. It was like, the brothers kept saying, like, asking, like, hey, I could take over. Your feet are bleeding. You're going to pass out. And the kid was like, no, no, I don't need any help. I got this. And so it was like the adults were making it as um, easy as possible for him to do it. Mm -hmm. But nobody else was going to do the task, you know? Right, right. He still wanted to to do the actual. Yeah. Uh, catching himself. Yeah. Hmm. I'm still not convinced that this book is going to be something I revisit on the daily, but like... I, I wouldn't I, revisit I it on the daily either, but it's very short and it's quick to read. So, mm -hmm. something you yeah. could revisit. I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't... What, I mean, I don't know what else to add to it. I mean, there's a bunch of symbols that apparently... Uh, are religious and Hemingway has kind of stomped that out. But um, do we do we believe in death of the author? Or we kind of ignore the author. I think I think it's pretty clear that some of it is a little bit religious. There's the there's the thing where he's like putting the mask on his shoulder, and I didn't immediately like. Yeah, I didn't immediately track all of the like religious symbols that I saw people have pointed out before but that one i was immediately like oh this is like you know is it's like oh catching the fish was like his cross to bear or whatever like that was that i i saw um so it, it i don't know it feels like there it's not a religious story i don't think i wouldn't go that far that's probably what hemingway had a problem with i would imagine but there's he i I feel like there's definitely some religious symbols in here. You know what I mean? Like the, mm. the mass thing that I just talked about. I, I just wish I was more emotionally invested in this book. Um, I mean, you can argue for some of Hemingway's other books, like uh, Firewall to Arms, which I also read. Uh, more emotionally invested in that. It's just here, like, um, Santiago just didn't feel human. Like, there was no hum not like there's no humanity to him. It's just like, I just didn't relate to him. And I, I know like the beginning of the book, like the first 
third of the book is just him hanging out with the kid just talking about stuff i'm like yeah that, that was cool but like I, I still didn't feel like an emotional attachment to him um and... uh, i i disagree i feel like hemingway sets the scene pretty well as far as like this guy hasn't caught anything in a long time and you know some of the other fishermen laugh at him and um you know the boy's parents even made him do it like they're they're set the boy's parents are essentially making santiago go out on his own and be alone the whole time out on the water because the, you know they made their boy join other fishermen um and so i don't know to me hemingway kind of sets the scene as far as santiago being like a um a character you can feel for pretty well i think I am. Well, that's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. I'm with Pierce on this one, man. Yeah. Santiago feels like a real dude, just like yeah. an old guy who's dedicated his life to fishing, trying to give himself that last hurrah. Like, I still yeah. think he can still do it, man. And then he goes and he finds it, and then he's dedicated to his task. I don't know if you ever seen old people, dude, but they kind of like regress a little bit into like the couple of things that they really like doing like if my grandma misses bingo on mondays all hell will break loose (laughs) so that's kind of why i um that's kind of how i rationalize his kind of one track mindset a little bit like he's an old dude fishing is his thing you know yeah Mm -hmm. that makes sense i didn't think of it like that i mean uh, yeah i mean it is a good point i just like it just, I don't relate to it. You just hate. You hate. Felix don't care Justin. about your facts. You hate. You hate. You just hate fishermen. You hate them. I just don't relate to them, man. <laughs> <laughs> you hear all the. You hear that all you working class fishermen who listen yeah. to our podcast. Well, preferably Justin, while not, you're, you're not fishing. Justin does not relate to you. Yeah, don't talk to me about fish. Just don't. <laughs> I'll no, walk. But- I like I just I don't know I feel like there is this book is extremely well written I feel like you can't even deny that Mm. um I feel it feels to me like it's short enough to where the fishing doesn't outstay its welcome um because it's like it's only my edition is like 120 pages long 125 It's to me, it, like I would be hard pressed to call any book perfect, um, but this is pretty close to me. I think. <laughs> Holy I, cow. I think Bruce is right on that one, man. This, <laughs> I don't know what perfect is, but this thing's got to be pretty close. Yeah. For what did it sets out to do? I guess. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Yeah, sure. I I guess. (laughs) I mean, I, I, um, I, I got nothing to say to that. I mean, I'm just like, yeah, that's you, man. I, I I don't have anything. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Unlike Pierce, right? I like um, to fish. Uh, me and my buddies, we go out fishing together. In Iowa. Yeah, in Idaho. Idaho. (laughs) (laughs) 
We go ice fishing in the winter. We do normal generic fishing in the summer. And it's like, some of these people are hardcore. My buddy's dad goes ice fishing eight hours at a time. He won't even talk. He'll just sit there for eight hours and fish, man. So I kind of I kind of get it. Yeah, he'll bring like a couple granola bars and he'll sit there for eight hours. <laughs> like, it's like he's not Santiago is not that off from a real dude. I've seen yeah. people like him. <laughs> yeah. And I, Hemingway liked to fish, so I'm sure he understands the mindset pretty well, too. I mean, you would have to to write a book like this, I think. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, and, and I think, like, if you're looking for, a, like, a normal story that's just, like, fun to read, um, I think this is this is good to read. Uh, don't get me wrong, but if you're looking for something that's just like fun to read, this might not be it, but um, it is a really good read. Um, there's some depth to it. There's some. It's, it's, it's Hemingway. <laughs> there's lots of depth to it. Um, it's, to me, an interesting view on masculinity, um, which is, you know, traditional and also not what we would think of as traditional at the same time. It's interesting. Um, and then there's also, i I really feel like the descriptions are good enough to string you along this like very simple, um, plot. Um, the descriptions are vivid. I don't feel like he repeats himself too much, uh, considering, you know, the, <laughs> the landscape around him for most of the book is just water. <laughs> um, <laughs> So landscape. Yeah. Uh it's uh I don't know. I, I think it's I think honestly when people when you're ready to read this, I think everyone should give this a shot. It's short enough that you could read it in one day if you wanted to. Like it's it's the kind of thing that again I think is near perfect at least. Um and uh it's Every, I think lots of people could pull something out of it and it's just like a good read. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I kind of don't know what else to say about it. I, I, I don't have anything to say. I just like, <laughs> it's a book. I, I, I don't know. I, I just say, put Pierce's expectations aside. Just look, I mean, it's good to lower your expectations for everything because if they exceed them, boom, you're just like, you're surprised anyways. Yeah, don't, 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 I mean, yeah, you shouldn't go into anything expecting it to be perfect or near perfect, but like, I've read it, and my opinion now is that, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I just, I just don't know what, it, yeah, we should move on to a farewell farm, but <laughs> I mean, I, I just don't know what other way to, to, to put it is, is I guess the point for me. We all have different um, tastes and preferences. Mm -hmm. And Justin's tastes and preferences go against the uh, Pulitzer Prize. Hey, I mean, not... <laughs> hey, I... <laughs> Sorry, Justin. <laughs> hey, so, sometimes, sometimes they give the award to things that are don't deserve it. I can't name an example, but it's probably out there. You're probably... You're prob someone... Okay, we all have opinions. Okay, that that's all. That, this, okay. If there's anything you've learned from this entire segment, it's that I'm very apathetic towards uh, and 
uh, apathetic towards Hemingway. I mean, sometimes he surprises me. Sometimes we're just like, yeah, I don't think I've ever read anything that's explicitly like bad from him. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe in my initial reading of Old Man in the Sea, but then once I had my expectations tempered, it's not bad. It's it's good. Um, I think, uh, well, I think above anything else, as far as like going into Hemingway, like obviously you expect he is like one of the most lauded and respected American authors of all time. Um, but you shouldn't expect to, you shouldn't expect it to be amazing. Um, although I think it is. And I think after reading it, most people I would hope would say the same. Um, but you should still read it and give it a chance. Even if you're like, not sure if you'll like it, given what Justin has been saying. (laughs) Um, because I, I spoke to, uh, this, I forget, he was like an English major or something. Um, and he was talking about the differences between the ways that British and American people write. And he said that, you know, before, before the early 1900s, there wasn't like, there was a distinction, but it wasn't like massive. There wasn't like a massive distinction between British and American authors. But he said probably the two biggest influences that changed the direction of the way that American authors write were Hemingway and Steinbeck. Um, they kind of... What's that? You banger authors. <laughs> <laughs> they They kind of completely influence the way that Hemingway probably more so just because like he's famous for the way that he writes um I would imagine but this guy said both names um they they completely influence the way that Americans write today uh like we write much simpler and there's more meaning in less words we just mm. describe the scene um, and then there's like some meaning tucked into it rather than like using incredibly flowery prose the entire time. And then it's harder to decipher what's actually happening. Um, and not to say British people don't do that too, but there was still like a split uh, from what I've, from, from what I was talking about with this guy. So um, question, do you like Lovecraft's writing style? Uh, yeah, I think generally. Um, I think like he gets, he does get a little, he's like, he's kind of like, um, he's how, the anti-Hemingway just saying he's, that he's kind of like how, yeah. And what I was about to say is he's, he's similar to Victorian authors in that they use a lot of like, they overdo it with describing things. That's why I don't like Victorian authors typically when I read yeah. them. Um, <laughs> uh, but I like it with Lovecraft, and I think it's it's probably to do with concept. I like the con the conceptual part of what he's writing about better. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's he like is. he's like them, but instead of like using flowery language, he uses like big mumbo jumbo scientific words, <laughs> basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Anyways, farewell to arms, guys. We ready? Yeah. <laughs> farewell to arms. Yep. All right. Uh, Justin, would you like to plot? this book. what i don't <laughs> you don't remember <laughs> I, don't... I can i can do it i guess um so we have another little hemingway insert here because this book follows oh god what's his name 
what's his name? I know he's referred to as baby a lot. <laughs> Just like Yeah. Uh Lieutenant Henry. Um he is a uh he's a lieutenant. He uh volunteers for the Italian army as a medic. Um which I don't believe Hemingway volunteered for the army, but I believe he works he worked as an ambulance driver in Italy during World War One. Um so little little mini Hemingway insert once again. He writes about what he knows, I guess. Um he was also uh on the ground in the Spanish Civil War and he wrote a book about the Spanish Civil War. So again, writing about what he knows. Uh but anyway, a fair back to a farewell to arms. We follow Lieutenant Henry. Uh he is at the beginning of the book he's just kind of like hanging out before they get like redeployed somewhere else um and he meets uh at some point uh, a british nurse catherine um who is working um in the in the hospital near the camp she's working like somewhere nearby yeah Yeah. um but he goes there because, like, his friend from the military is, is like, trying to talk up this other nurse. And he meets Catherine, and he really likes Catherine. And he's like, I'm going to come back to see you sometimes. Um, and they're, like, the story is mostly about how their relationship blossoms. Like, I would say that is kind of the central thing that people pull away from and love about this book is the the relationship that blossoms between Henry and Catherine. Um, however, this is also a book about World War One, and so uh, he is eventually sent back into the war, and he gets injured. I believe he gets shrapnel all up and down his leg. Yeah. It's been a while since I've read it. Um, he gets shrapnel up all up and down his leg, so he gets taken uh, to a, a hospital, and he's he's basically given medical leave for a long time, and then he gets moved to an American hospital. Um, and Catherine like comes to see him. Uh, or it's like Americans came in and they set up a hospital, although they're not in the war yet or something. I don't, I don't remember. So like, <laughs> yeah, he, I know, I know he gets moved to, to an, a, a, a hospital where the people speak English instead of Italian. Um, yeah. There's a bunch of doctors that come in and look at his leg and like some of them want to give him surgery. Some of them are just like, you got to be on bed rest for a long time. Um, and eventually it's like he gets. He picks the one that takes less time to heal, right? Like that gets yeah. him on his feet sooner. Like he gets like sick of the hospital. I don't remember. Again, it's been a while. I read this no, in November. Right. Yeah. For some reason, he decides that he's going to pick the one that takes less time to heal. And then he is eventually... Oh, I think it's because he wants to hang out with Catherine, like, outside yeah. of the hospital. It's a romance novel. Yeah, right. Um, And so... But what he doesn't realize is that as soon as he does that, like, they call him back to the front almost immediately, essentially. Or they call him back... Not necessarily the front, but they call him back to service, definitely. Um, And then he's going to get, like, sent to the front... And uh, he ends up deserting pretty much. I mean, he does desert, but he ends up like um, during a retreat, like there, there's a big Italian retreat. He ends up like separated from uh, the rest of the army. Right. Um, and then he. 
I didn't get I didn't get the feeling that he meant to desert at first and then he unless I I could be misremembering um but then like he he got lost and then he found his way back to where some Italians were and they were pulling people um and being like oh where is your uniform are you like out here deserting where's the rest of your unit uh and then they were just like shooting them um yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shooting him for like from the bridge, right? Or yeah, or, yeah. It, oh, he was a... near bridge. They were like pulling, pulling people who were approaching the town and like yeah. giving them like a really lopsided trial, basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he seeing this before he gets caught, he ba- or no, he is caught, and he's he's seeing like that they're gonna kill them all essentially, um. And so he like makes a break for it, right? And he jumps in the river, and he like flows down the yeah, river a while. Switzerland. Yeah, um, neutral Switzerland. No, he doesn't. That's no. not. That's not no, yet. He's, uh, yeah, he's still in Italy. He flows oh. down the river. He ends up in a town closer to where Catherine oh. is. Yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they like some of the people there know him, and they're like, "Oh, if you're deserting, because now he is deserting, because he just ran away from punishment." Um. Yeah. Oh, if you're deserting, like you know, we've got other people here. Uh, I can't. I don't know. The it's something like the the bartender. He's like, I don't think I have space, but you know, if you're nearby and you need a meal, I can help. I can try and help you out as much as I can. And he's like, No, I got something to take care of. And so eventually, he leaves to go find Catherine. And he's like, Let's run away together. Um. And I forget exactly how it ends up happening. I believe they stay somewhere for a while in Italy, like a like a few days or something. And then, yeah. and they're like setting up. Um, they're getting set up to leave to go to Switzerland because it's neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and right before they're like gonna get caught, like he Henry gets tipped off by someone he knows um, that. The Italian army is—they're like coming. They know you're here. They're coming to get you. They're gonna obviously court-martial you or whatever. You're gonna be in big trouble. Uh, and so they get in the boat in like a storm and go to Switzerland um, across a lake or something. And yeah. Switzerland's landlocked, so it couldn't be across the no. Mediterranean. Um, and so they they go across the lake. And uh, and they get to Switzerland, and then it's like really, it's really happy and nice. Um, the journey is hard to Switzerland, I believe. It's like raining the whole time, and disgusting. But life in Switzerland is nice. Uh, and at some point, Catherine became pregnant with with Henry's child. That's important. Um, and so they're basically like waiting around for the baby to be born. They're kind of like both a little excited. It seems like. From what I remember, Henry seemed a little bit tentative at first about having a child. He wasn't sure. Mm. Uh, but as it's gotten closer, if I'm remembering correctly, he is, you know, he's he's like, oh, I'm going to be a dad. Like, that's pretty cool. Um, he's worried about, like, how much time he'll spend with the baby and how much time he'll spend with Catherine. Again, I might be remembering that wrong, but I feel like that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then eventually, the you know, she goes into labor. I'm going to spoil it. I don't care. We're going to spoil it eventually anyway, because yeah. we all love the ending so much. Yeah. Should I spoil it? Hold on. This it, is actually... It, it is a great ending, though. So... Sh- 
Should but the question that I have for you guys is: Should okay. I spoil it? You you basically spoiled every single plot point up until <laughs> up until the You're end. You're true. Day. That's this is true. These are true facts. Anyhow, so uh, eventually she goes into labor, and it's like a tough labor. Like she's struggling. Um, but he, the doctors, like, want, and the nurses are not really giving him all the information he wants. Um, and eventually he, she's asking for him and he goes in to see her and, oh gosh, I forget exactly what she's saying. She's like, well, will you love me forever or something? She's like, basically like, you know, I love you. And, uh, oh, what, what sort of baby was it? Um, she's asking about the baby and she's talking about how she's hurting and, um, Something she's that. worrying about Henry too. She's telling him to go eat. Um, oh no, the nurse is telling him to. Uh, okay. Well, anyways, the Catherine is worried about you know the baby and uh, and Henry. Um, and then Henry, something seems wrong. He's outside in the hall. Um. He gets called in, right? Mm. Uh, and then Catherine is is essentially she's she's freaking out a little bit, but she's very weak. Uh, and then she says, "I'm going to die," and then waits and says, "I hate it." Um, and she's she's being weird and asking Henry's worried. He's like, "Do you want me to get you anything?" and She's talking too much because the doctor's trying to help her and Henry has to go outside and wait. And then I really like how Hemingway wrote this part because like mm -hmm. it goes into his internal monologue and just go, I forget what he says exactly, but you can just sense like his mind is racing. It's like, what happens? If she does die. She won't. But she, what happens? She does. And goes back and yeah. forth like a ping pong match. Very effective use of language there. Yeah. And then uh, and then it gets he goes out into the hall and uh well, she dies while he's out in the hallway. Mm. And uh, the, he's like, is there anything I should do tonight? You know. And the doctor's essentially like, no, just just grieve. We can handle it later. Um, and he doesn't want to talk about it to the with the doctor. Uh And then the I love the last paragraph because he he tell he goes in the nurse tells him he can't and he's like no all of you get out like I'm gonna say goodbye to Catherine, um, and uh, the last paragraph goes but after I had got them out and shut the door and turned off the light it wasn't any good it was like saying goodbye to a statue after a while I went out and left the hospital and walked back to the hotel in the rain. Very effective ending. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, this story is is uh, very beautiful to me for many, many reasons. I love this book. Uh, this actually kicked off kind of a, a new trend for me with reading. I'm reading so much more than I was before. This was the first book. I read this in November of last year, and I've since then... I've read like 20 books so far this year and I read like 15 or 20 
between uh this book and the end of the year. So I've read like forty ish books Holy since God. I read this book in, in the in the last four months. Um four months. <laughs> yeah. So this um yeah, this 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 kind of I love this book a lot and it, it Chasing and I was it, it kind of I, yeah chasing the high a little bit but it kind of like reminded me why I like to read again which is good I think to have in a book every once in a while um so it's kind of kicked me into overdrive someday I'll I mean I I found a few books that like you know kind of ignited that like ooh man I want to mm-hmm. start reading again um and then it's like oh it's just a phase um so far i mean lord of the rings i'm reading that now oh, spoiler for our next month but yeah um yeah. i'm enjoying it it just hasn't kicked up the drive but we're not talking about that we're talking about world of arms which pierce really likes and i i this might be my favorite hemingway um that's favorite hemingway novel which is not a very big contest because considering i think i've only read two novels by him yeah um, and one of them was a novella yeah <laughs> not even a full-length novel yeah um i mean luke what did you think of it hey, i thought it was okay i wasn't um oh not calling oh. it a favorite by any means oh oh the wow first we have... the book i thought was boring and forgettable and then the second half after he deserts is like oh the book's getting good now and then it just got better and better until the end and then it like peaked yeah, yeah. um i I guess my biggest problem with it was the dialogue. Um, I, we discussed this briefly, but um, Pierce just um, like he's gonna rip into me. I'm gonna push back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of the dialogue between um Catherine and Henry. Um, well, Henry's the last name. So I, what what is Catherine's last name? Uh, Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. It, it a lot of it. Um, just it just seemed really melodramatic. Um, a lot of like them testing for their love for each other. It's like, will you still love me this? Uh, if this happened, yes, I will. How about when this happen? Yes, I will. Um, it's, I, it's a lot of lovey-dovey stuff. Um, and I, I like to, I like to think that, um, Oh my God, I didn't realize this is what you were going to say. I'm pushing back on you so hard now. Go, go ahead. Finish what you were saying. Um, finish it. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm scared. Um, <laughs> it's just, it didn't make for it was a lot of put well there was just a lot of back and forth with just um i mean i like the way that hemingway writes dialogue it didn't like what they were saying um just the characterization just kind of didn't make me buy the romance which is kind of the focal point of the the book and um we need more romance books written by men come on i mean i i, I don't know if this is classified yeah more romance, ro- more romance written from the male perspective i actually agree i thought it was interesting to see a romance novel written from a yeah. male perspective Active. I, yeah, I can't think of another one besides maybe the Great Gatsby. Um, that's out of romance. Uh, uh, the the Fault in Our Stars. John a, Green. Oh, I haven't actually yeah. read it, but I, I don't but, plan on reading it. <laughs> yeah, I don't plan on reading it either. However, that is a romance novel. Technically, it's a YA romance written from a male perspective. Yeah. But hey, um, however, it is in the book i believe actually a female's perspective so it's a man writing a female's perspective on that is true yeah um guys like romance too let's let's go (laughs) um Um, 
but yeah, I mean that that's that's my thing. That's my right. big complaint where I just didn't buy. But okay, actually, hold on. But I do also want to praise the dialogue in some other aspects. Um, mm. The romance, I I kind of bought. Um, I mean, it just the dialogue threw me off. I mean, I could kind of buy the romance. I mean, towards the end, I was like, okay, now they're actually in love and all that. Which like at the beginning, which was like, oh, it's very playful. Which I get that that's how romance works. But just like you know, it, it make for I, I didn't feel the put the tension with that. Well, they won't they stuff. Um, but I did like how um how it like italians written plain english and like there's some mistranslation well not mistranslations um like it, it's written in a way where it's um like the i think the one of the lieutenants or one of the soldiers keeps on referring to um henry as baby and like that doesn't translate well in america uh in in, in america speak american, american. english um <laughs> in english um and i yeah, like Heming how hemingway hemingway does that a lot actually he yeah. i mean he wrote um I think a, a, a clean, well-lighted place. Also, he also uses that. Yeah. He writes. Um, he writes like that in uh, "For Whom the Bell Tolls" because they're in Spain during the Civil War. Mm. Um, I, I think it works especially well because it feels like I'm reading a book that was originally written in that language and then yeah. translated to English, and so it gives this kind of like foreign feel that. You might not necessarily get if they just wrote it normally and said it was oh it takes place in this country yeah um and i i think uh, one of my most interesting parts of the book was like um like when when henry tells a joke about his leg and it's like hey just cut it off or something like that and the, the joke doesn't land because like i guess it doesn't translate well in italian and the italian people are just like what do you say did he actually say that literally and it's like oh just forget it. it was a bad joke and i'm like i like that he kept that in because i was like oh it just added to the realism but um yeah uh and uh, th there's some interesting quotes about like how the music about how war and a lot of the book is just like them just come like a lot of camaraderie just like boys booling around during the war it, it feels real it's just um the romance i didn't love and i all right I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna push back on you on the dialogue because your complaint um the biggest, the big complaint that I heard that I am definitely pushing back on you on is the lovey-dovey stuff, and not because I don't, I don't disagree that it feels very lovey-dovey, which makes it feel not realistic, right? Um, however, mm -hmm. however, I would argue that that is the point. Uh, I say that a lot when I talk with you about Hemingway, <laughs> Justin, but yeah. it's true every time. Uh, not maybe not every time, but most of the time. Um, yeah. So the book, it's a romance novel, but it's also a novel about World War One, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and so a lot of the descriptions, which I've heard people complain about, this are um very shallow and a little repetitive and very simple, right? They're very simple mm -hmm. descriptions. The reason for this is because our character, our main character, is uh, a World War I, in World War One. Um, it makes sense. There's like this sense of despair uh, about the you know the war is never going to end. Like this is just going to happen forever, and um, everything sucks, and it always will suck, and this is terrible. And the world World War, well, the Great War at the time, the Great War has been terrible for all of us and people are dying senselessly and there's this overwhelming sense of despair throughout i would say the the whole book outside of some scenes between henry and and catherine mm. um 
And the reason why I'm pushing back on the lovey-dovey dialogue, even though I agree it's over the top, is because that is the point. It's supposed to be so... There's there's a super clear distinction that Hemingway draws between Mm. Henry's interactions and what he thinks about like the war and the soldiers and the world at large and how he acts and what he thinks when he's around Catherine that there's there's this and i i think it's purposeful that hemingway is creating mm. this this barrier between not writing style as writing style is the same but like feeling i guess yeah tell how, how how each part feels to read um He's doing it on purpose. That is a good point. Makes me appreciate that choice more. Hmm. Luke, do you have any special insight into this? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I still think I still think the dialogue was like okay. I mean, yeah, and and I I I agree with you that I really like the um. I really like the style that Hemingway employs with dialogue, where it's just a lot of like back and forth. Like, yeah, it's so do I. just the dialogue, which I think is like I don't hate it when you know authors break up dialogue with what the characters are doing while they're speaking. However, um, I think it, which is a huge thing with Hemingway, I think it makes it more clear uh, what they're talking about. Like you can get. A really it's really easy to 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 get the flow of the conversation when the conversation is literally the whole like thing that he's writing um yeah yeah it, and it doesn't matter really who's well i'm no i i was getting confused with the clean well lighted place where it doesn't really matter um who you know is speaking because like it could be attributed to either or yeah something like that um so yeah, um, I guess my main complaint is now uh, rather rendered invalid. Or yeah. I told you I was going to push back on it. Yeah, and, th- and then I found out what part of the dialogue you were complaining about, and I was like, "Oh damn, oh, now you got it." I'm really going to push back on this. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, and I think like it's a, I, I don't know. I I personally really enjoyed it most of the way through. I think the beginning is slower than the rest of the book. I mean, um, that's what I really enjoyed. It's just like guys just fooling around. Guys, guys being dudes. Yeah, because like, that was your d- favorite part. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it. It takes away from. I mean, okay, not to say that war is good because like war, not no war is good. War, like he focuses on the the camaraderie ship between men. Yeah, uh, on, on the battlefield, than rather than. Mm-hmm. I mean, like he describes the battles and like people die. Um, but like a lot of the time, um, it's just um just waiting around. Um, yeah. Except, and sometimes war will hit you unexpectedly. Because I remember there was one scene where there was just one guy talking, and then all, all of a sudden um, he gets hurt. I don't know if he gets shot or like there's an explosion happening. That there's a major difference between those. Wasn't it artillery? It was like artillery. artillery yes, fire. yes, it was yeah. that. So um, sometimes, even in times of just like being serene, something unexpected will happen. So yeah, I will say also, you brought up the camaraderie. I uh, I hate writing in books. And uh, but I got my copy of A Farewell to Arms from Half Price Books, and the person who had it before me wrote in it. Uh, it was a little annoying, but I, I actually kind of grew to like it a little bit because it was interesting getting someone else's perspective. Anyhow, you know who uh, it was, or is it I don't, like, I do okay. not. Uh, but um, 
the one thing I will say about something they wrote, there's a moment where he's talking with uh, his like main friend, whose name I cannot remember, the one who keeps calling him baby, like you said. Gino? Bonello? Yeah. Okay. Is that his name? Um, he makes he makes like a gay joke, like like he makes a gay joke in reference to um to to Henry because Henry won't go out with him to like the the brothels and stuff or whatever. Mm. Like he won't go out and just see yeah. women, uh, and so he makes a gay joke at his expense. And the person who had it before me underlined it and wrote "gay question mark," <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yeah, it's a gay joke. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I thought I just thought it was really funny. Just for no reason to to write. That's not like a note that you need to write <laughs> down. Is, is um, this, did you get it from thrift books? Or no, I got it from Half Price Books, which is a store in I don't know if they how many states it's in, uh, but I've seen a lot of them in Texas, not like New Jersey. Books. What's that, Luke? I like half price books. Yeah, it's good. I actually really like it. Um, I will now try to Google. Yeah. Uh I also I also think that the ending um I, I've said this before, I think I said this to you guys in Discord in the chat. I think the ending is so good, partially because of the numbing that um Hemingway sets up like how yeah. numb the the world feels and then conversely how lovey-dovey the the his time with Catherine feels yeah. and then Catherine dies and the numb is back in full force for that last paragraph that's mm. why the last paragraph is so good in my opinion um and so it's the <sighs> It's tragic because he's he's a soldier in World War One, not even fighting for his own country. Mm. Um, and then he escapes and life is good. And then tragedy strikes and we're right back, except probably worse. Um, and yeah. I think that's what makes the ending so good. Yeah. And I, I like how he I'm maybe I'm speculating, but um, he breaks away from his usual style a little bit because um, he, he uses the word very a lot. There's like very, 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 like all mm -hmm. that. So um, I'm assuming like it's so manic. I don't have the book in front of me because I got on a Kindle. Um, but it was just like, um, I he's starting to break away from the style just a bit, just enough tastefully, just to make sure like it's driving home. Like, oh, this is not supposed to be happening. Yeah. So, yeah. Luke, you haven't said much. Do, do you have any other insights? Because <laughs> I'm like, do you, do you do you have anything you want to say about the book? Not really. The ending was awesome. Oh, well, not um, awesome as in like, wow, that was great. Uh, it was, like, it was awe-inspiring. Yeah. Um, that's about it, really. Yeah. That's all. That's <laughs> all I took away from the book. It's fair. Maybe I might revisit it with the new perspective of it's supposed uh, that the, the lovey-dovey stuff is supposed to be lovey-dovey, um, and not supposed to be taken seriously. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, it, it is supposed to be taken seriously in that, like the romance is supposed to be taken yeah. seriously. But, but the the point is the division between mm. um, the war and the time spent with Catherine, which is which is true. Um, yeah. yeah, that that does make me appreciate that choice more because um, I'm like, this isn't like having like, what are you doing? Um, but to sum up what we're saying, men read more romance, 
watch more rom-coms come on we need more romance in our lives and to sum up this episode uh try hemingway at least um you'll be maybe whelmed like i am or overwhelmed like pierce (laughs) i i i definitely feel like if you come at it from from a certain perspective you're going to enjoy it um i now i i also love it so like i'm not going to front and say like like it's it's hard for me to imagine somebody reading this and not liking it that's why i kind of argue with you so much when you say you're like yeah i'm a little lukewarm because it's it's just i like it that much um that it's a little Mm. surprising to me uh but anyhow give it a shot i think that all people uh all americans at least should give hemingway a shot um He's he's so ubiquitous and uh, influential on writing to this day um, that that y- you should give it a shot. Really, I agree. Um, even though I, maybe my words may be disparaging, I don't take that as a condemnation of the quality of his work. It is good. It is actually something I approve of. Maybe something I appreciate more than I enjoy, but it is worth reading and getting those yeah. ideas from. And Luke, um, I'm guessing he just. He just likes it. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> Luke Luke reads books for the plot, so he just likes it. <laughs> right, bit. Luke? Yeah. Hemingway does make some interesting books. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh give Hemingway a shot. I think that's that's pretty much it for that. So now we'll 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 close off, I guess, unless you have something to say. Just the next what's next month, guys? Oh, I guess we should mention that in our closing. Um next month is fantasy month. High I fantasy. don't know oh, we're we're talking about the movies for Lord the Lord of the, of the Rings right? movies for, for bookends. So Lord of the Rings right, movies for bookends. Not the Hobbit trilogy. Those not the exist. Hobbit trilogy. We're not watching those for at least not for this. Um, no, nobody <laughs> I might watch it if I haven't seen them before. I might watch it just for at least just for Smaug for for Benedict Cumberbatch's Smaug because I've seen like clips okay, of it. Yeah, it okay, no, yeah, you're good. good. Yeah, and, um, and Martin Freeman as of uh, Bilbo. Oh, yeah, great. anyhow, um, anyhow, yeah, we're watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy for bookends. Maybe, maybe extended? Probably not. <laughs> um. And uh, Justin already spoiled what he's reading. He's reading Lord of the Rings. I've already read Lord of the Rings, and Luke has read some of it. So that we'll be, we'll be able to discuss. Uh, I read the entire Witcher saga, plus some of the short stories. Um, he's also played the games. And I also played the, the games and watched the show. So <laughs> I'm a bit of a Witcher aficionado. Um, he was tipping his fedora in case we podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh luke what what were what, what were you gonna read i know you're between some stuff i'm not sure uh two towers I'm on my or tower. just the uh, oathbringer the third stormlight archive book holy cow that's a lot of pages yeah they go by faster than lord of the rings though that really oh my god they go through they go by so fast brandon sanderson is so simple to read <laughs> I want to get to Brandon Sanderson eventually. Anyways, so yeah, that's 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 the get lineup hyped. for fantasy. It'll month. probably get, be our longest episode. Get hyped! We have lots to talk about. Um, yeah, uh, this this episode has actually been one of our longer ones recently. We've been so recording for about. over an hour, I think. Um, 
I might Wait, be told Fantasy Anyways, You're going to eat your words. Yeah, yeah I am going to eat my words. Uh, all right. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at NotJustAnyPod, where you, we, we release information on this show, as well as our other one, NotJustAnyRPG, which is about tabletop RPGs. So check that out if you like those. Um, then, the other thing. Is there something else? Am I forgetting something? I mean... <laughs> Twitch.tv slash not just, not just an ARPG because we're playing Dungeons and Dragons right now. And yes. It's going to be Fantasy Month. Um, oh, true. Yeah, we can tie it in there. Uh, you, you, you can also find uh, Not Just an ARPG on Spotify and YouTube and podcasting platforms. Yeah, and also rate us, make us happy and rate us very well. Like, rate on us five both. stars. On both. On both. Both shows, please. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that's it then. Uh, yeah, I don't have absolutely have nothing to say, but goodbye, Prometheus.